welcome to the Autism Grown Up Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tara Regan. On this podcast, this is one of our many resources. This is the place where we explore and discuss topics related to adulthood and growing up, as well as share stories, strategies, and resources from people in our autism community. For today's episode, I sat with my dad, Rory Regan. He is also a board member with Autism Grown Up since the since day one. He's been very involved with Autism Grown Up, which I'm so thankful for from the get-go with my family and has always been a strong advocate for my brothers. So let me read this bio because this makes it even more official that he's a guest on the show. So Rory Regan is a super proud father to four children, including two sons on the autism spectrum, Tyler and Tanner. He's also an Air Force veteran and is an advocate in the autism community. He enjoys sharing what he's learned along the way and as well as what he continues to learn as his sons navigate adulthood. And he loves promoting the autism grown-up vision and mission for other families to be able to have the resources that they need as they prepare for and navigate adulthood. My dad's been involved with autism grown-up since day one and has always been someone I wanted to get on the podcast. The second autism dad I've had in the podcast, actually. And he shares a real, some really great tips and feedback from his perspective advocating for my brothers during many, many years of IEP meetings and annual reviews, as well as some of the things he's learned along the way advocating for and getting services for my brothers as they graduated from school to get the support that they need. So let's just, uh, you know, jump right into the episode. I'm excited to hear what you all think about this one. We are recording. Okay, well, hi everyone. Welcome to the Autism Grown Up Podcast. Today I am sitting with someone pretty awesome, if I don't mind saying. (laughs) I'm sitting with my dad, Rory Regan. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I feel honored. Thanks again for doing this with me today. We The first episode I did was actually with Tasha, and we so many times we mentioned that we have to get you on here, so I'm glad it's happening <laughs> now. Uh, she'll never let me live it down that she was got to this before I did, but uh, I, it, I, it's a privilege and an honor, and I'm glad, and I hope that I can share some um, my story and some useful information that others can learn from or, or, or even benefit from. Yeah, definitely. I feel like you are definitely someone who carries a lot of this information with them. And anytime we go to an event together for Autism Grown Up, I'm so happy to have you there because then you could pipe up and be like, oh my gosh, this is what we went through. And it makes so much more of um, a difference and that parents can actually see that other, like I have a parent who is involved with this. And yeah, 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 yeah. We, came, we definitely came up through the, uh, the School of Hard Knocks. Yeah. When it comes to this this particular topic, so anything we do to share to make it a little bit easier out for people out there, or just to let them know they're not alone. Yes. Um, it's just huge. Yeah, I think it just helps to have to know that there are more people that have gone through it, and yeah, they're not the only people in the world that have ever experienced something right. like and this. And how much better the support mechanisms are out there today than they were back in the day. So. Right. I mean, it it really is encouraging. Yeah, um, I even just remember reading in college when I first took my first autism class because they had one in my whole university and then it was 
abruptly shut off after like they stopped offering it and that book was from like the 80s and 90s and that parenting their kids by then were 20 or 30 right right and it's so different moved out and the system was like i'm done with you yes exactly yeah the system was pretty much done with them in the first place too because they couldn't find placements in schools and things like that we we saw some interesting things around that too with ours as they were growing up yeah, so you, I love the stories that you share, too, because I don't remember all of them, and it helps having <laughs> the, that parent perspective, too, and it definitely um, makes it more real, the things that I am talking about, because I do talk a lot from, like, I'm sure I'm the sibling, but I'm also the professional, but then, like, you bring in that context, awesome, for sure. Awesome. Um, but yeah, all of that to say, I'm just very happy to have you on here. And we got into some of the things I wanted to get into. So uh, first, though, I, I did share a little bit of a bio before we jumped into this interview. Um, but I also wanted to mention that we are recording this at the house. We are in a secluded part of the house. We're in the most hidden part, the most quiet part yeah. of the house right now. Not, not something you normally find in our home is a quiet place because... Um, there's always something going on. Yes, always people talking. So we may have a couple of visitors popping in, just like with Tasha's interview. Oh, One absolutely. of my brothers may stop by and say hello and have us chat about something or check in. Absolutely, yeah. guaranteed. <laughs> um, but could you tell me a little about you and your background in autism? Wow, all right. So <laughs> a little bit about me. Um, uh, I'm the proud parent of four, obviously. Uh, two of them are on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um very proud of all four. Uh, I, I, I'm glad to say that we've gotten to the point in our lives where we can make sure that our, our, our boys are comfortable, uh, that they have that want or need for anything, um, which is really nice. Not always the case for a lot of people. So uh, I worked very hard to get where we're at so that we could provide those resources. And, and I'm just very um, privileged, grateful, and blessed to have what I do in the life, especially for the boys. You know, from the services that we're getting from them now that we're finally on the innovations waiver, which, by the way, took forever. Um, but also for the, you know, for the two sisters who are definitely involved in their day-to-day life, who help us um, learn more about how we can actually take better care of their brothers, which is which is awesome. Um, so we're not out there alone like we used to be, which is which is really good. Um, I think that's about all I'm really going to say about me that's not in the bio, unless you have a specific question. Um, Just wanted to get this on here, too, because at the time of this recording, Tanner is 20, and then Tyler is 27? 28? 28, okay. He'll be 29 this month, actually. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I should have kicked out their ages, but I'm terrible at remembering their ages, so (laughs) thank you for doing that. That's what I do on the daily (laughs) basis. I'm always like, and your date of birth is. Um, so you have to fill out so much paperwork for them, evals and things like that. I do, yeah. I, 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 but I always have the cheat sheet right there, you mm-hmm. know, because there's the standard information they're always asking for, and you'd think I'd remember it by now, but for some reason I don't. So I'm always filling out the same forms multiple times. So I'm always doing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so thank you for adding that. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> and you were also a board member with autism growing up. Yes, which is also a, another privilege, um, and, and it's it's really um, one of those things that is much more rewarding than than you, you anticipate when you first get asked, right? 
You think, ah, oh, you know, there, there really can't be that much to it. But then I, I, I found out more about what the board member is supposed to do, mm-hmm. the roles, responsibilities, and, and it's a big deal. It's quite an honor to be asked, um, and, and it's it's quite a privilege to serve. So uh, I do appreciate it, uh, and hopefully I can do it justice. Definitely, you already are. You're already informing a lot of our resources. So, which, which I'm glad to be uh, here to help, you know, as we grow this, because this is a resource that, Oh, we definitely could have used when our boys were first, not only first diagnosed, but as they started working into that transition age mm-hmm. where the system starts to really cut them loose. Yeah. Um, those are challenges, and, and people just don't know where to go. So it, this is awesome that we can, we can get something out there that they can consume. Um, and you'll also find a lot of times they don't have a whole lot of money. So the fact that we can make it a nonprofit and make it free to the families who need it mm-hmm. is amazing. Or at least, you know, there's some resources they, they could purchase that might help them out. But overall, it's a free type thing. Come yeah. here and get that. Yeah, make it accessible for all, it, all over. Exactly. So, you know, um, we do live on donations. So if you're out there, please donate. <laughs> Thanks for that, <laughs> that, that mention there. Um, but I also want to say that you've done so much hard work, too, on the um, just pushing advocacy end type of thing as like a parent advocate advocating from special education services and the IEP meetings to now this new arena that we aren't weren't so familiar with of outside of special education and navigating community services yeah you know um the thing on that is the best advocate for your children is always going to be you um you cannot depend, you cannot rely, you cannot trust someone else to have your child's best interests at heart. They, they, they come from the right place, they come with great hearts, they come with excellent intentions, but a lot of times their goal is to serve the masses and not the individual. Your goal is to serve the individual and let the masses kind of you know worry about themselves. Well, that, that, that's kind of a harsh thing to say, but at the end of the day, if you're getting your child what they need, um, others will get it too because every battle you win for yours you just want it for somebody else you don't realize it but it is every time you win a, a battle like that you're winning it for someone else it seems selfish at the time but honestly you're doing it for the best of everybody involved mm-hmm. so you, you don't back down sometimes you have to be tough um, they come at it with different agendas and different purposes than you do but you should always take the welfare of your child first Mm-hmm. And that is what I, I preach to the parents in, the, in these sessions. Um, and, you know, the look on their faces is, you can do that? Yeah, you can do that. I mean, you need to do that. Don't bow to them because, you know, they're in that, that position of authority. At that point, you are the authority. You're the authority. You know what's best for your child. Then you need to stand up for them. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not even sure that was your question. Oh, no. I think you got in there. (laughs) You got to a point where I wanted to go for sure was that, and that's something I've taught over and over again, is that parents are experts on their child, and then as their child gets older, they need to learn that they're an expert on themselves, too. Because systems are systems, and they can seem so overwhelming, but at the end of the day, uh, the parents are in the the child as they get older too are the major decision makers when it comes to this right you know the systems are designed to provide resources but also protect resources yeah if i hold back as much as i possibly can i'll have for more more for others which is fine and and we've done this with our boys is we've never gone for services 
that they didn't need. So we weren't ever taking away from somebody else who needed that type of resource, but we darn sure fought for the ones the boys did need. Mm -hmm. And um, that wasn't always popular, but right. it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, as you, I think, you didn't know this right away, though. You had to learn this. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, you know, is that something learn. you walked right in? No, no, like you, I had this. You walk backpack. in the door trusting everybody, right? They're yeah. here for the best of the interests of my child. It takes a couple of, whoa, wait a minute here. Yeah, and then you, whoa, time out. And then the hardest part is when you realize you have to stand up and push back, and that that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And once you start doing that, you, and you learn that, wait a minute, I do have some power at this table, mm -hmm. um, and you do have to use it. Uh, you know, I mean, sometimes these bureaucracies can be bullies, and sometimes the bully doesn't understand anything but bullying back, right. which isn't always nice. But I will, I, I will be happy to say that we always ended on um, uh, on good terms. Right at the end of the day. I don't think I had a single administrator or social worker or any one of those type of people that didn't come back to me and say, thank you for doing that. That's the right thing to do for your child. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? I'm just trying to do my job. Right. My response was, yes, absolutely. And you understand I was doing my job. And so um, at some point you gain respect doing that. And then they begin to learn where your line is. Mm -hmm. And it makes it easier down the road. They get to know you. They get to build rapport again over the year. They for sure know you. I feel like we have a lot of stories. About <laughs> you will get a reputation for one who stands up for your child, and that's a good thing. I think if, that's if, great. If that's the worst reputation you've ever had, then you've done everything right. Absolutely. Because those parental rights are legal, like legally okay. Like They're within the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. Like Parents have rights. Yeah, exactly. And don't ever let them take anything away that you don't think you don't need anymore or might not need in the future. So. I think one of your major points that you have said too over and over again is that you like to have the pre-draft before the IEP meeting itself. To oh, look always. over. Always, always. Um, I've had several instances where they've, they've sparked a draft or uh, dropped a plan on me at the last minute when you walked in the door and you hadn't had a chance to read it and they tried to take away a service. Or reduce the number of hours or you'd like whoa whoa time out no yeah. no 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 we don't do this I don't sign those I don't approve those I scratch them come back with a better plan um, we didn't talk about this ahead of time I didn't agree about to it and you're not gonna strong arm me at the meeting so anytime anytime you have one of these IEPs or, or any type of plan get get the pre-read get it first look at it if you have any problems with it then Put it in the writing and send it to them before the meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the, key, the key is is never let them surprise you. Right. And if they do, don't walk away from the table. They need your signature. Mm -hmm. So that, that's okay. advice I will give anybody. If they surprise you with an IEP and have anything on there that you had not already seen, mm -mm. cancel that meeting and come back later. Right. They're on a timeline. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, they're focusing on the annual review date and they've got a the cutoff day. date yeah they do yeah yeah i don't i've got the kid for the rest of my life mm -hmm. yeah so thinking about high school then mm -hmm. did 
they did things shift a bit when it came to the transition plan and transition goals. I don't think we, I've ever talked to you about this either. Yeah, so as they started to shift on the transition plan, what was different for each boy, mm-hmm. okay? Um, but they were both in separate setting classrooms, too. They were both in separate setting classrooms, but as we started doing the transition planning and discussions, yeah, they were more about, all right, how do we start moving them into something else, into the community, a work-life balance? Are you going to find a home for them? Um, are there any skill sets they need to pick up? Mm-hmm. You know, um, Neither of our boys were really college-bound type things. Mm-hmm. So it was more about, all right, what are you going to do with them after they're done with school? Uh, the transition plans that we had in place were started to set the boys up for that fairly well. Um, but once you are, they're out, that, that just drops off, right? So some of the self-help, some of the um, volunteer experiences, they, they just disappeared. Mm-hmm. So then you were pretty much on your own. And we were on our own for a little while with Tyler until um, the innovations waiver popped in. And then for some reason, all of a sudden, hey, wow, we started seeing more resources than we didn't even know were in the area. Yeah. Um, which, which, was, which was beneficial because your mom was basically carrying the load at that point. Yeah. So she was 100% provider for them. Right. So the hardest part for her was actually see them go off onto a day day service because mm-hmm. you know, she's so used to having them at home the whole time. But um, it's worked out well for that. But that that was that was unique. That was a different challenge. Now by then they'd already known me, mm-hmm. so they weren't really trying to phase anything out. You know they were they were really pretty much leaving the decisions up to me at that point. Okay. What do you want to do with the boys as they transition out? How do you want to do it? Do you want them to do graduation? What do you want them to? Those type of things, they really kind of left up to us. But that was, see, that was us after doing years and years of working with these people, mm-hmm. and they learned what they could and they could not. Basically, you know, working with us, it was like, all right, this is how it's gonna go. Right. So, and they knew it. Okay. They knew it. Our IEPs with near near the last few years got very very easy because mm-hmm. they knew exactly where I stood. So it was all right. <laughs> if we hadn't <laughs> talked to him ahead of time, don't try and cut any resources. Don't try to diminish his hours. Don't try to take away any of the controls. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, got it. Find out what he what he wants to do next with the, with his son, and that's really how that started going. So that worked out pretty well. Sounds definitely more like a collaborative and clear and very knowledgeable. It happens teaching. once they realize that you are going to be a strong advocate for your child. Mm-hmm. You know you're. you're that's that's what it is. Okay, you know what you're doing. You walk in as an expert, you walk because you're an expert on your child. You walk in knowing what you expect out of that plan, um, and and, it, and they respect that. So mm-hmm. it's you know, I'm not walking in going, well, what do you think? I'm, that's nice. No, right. no, I'm coming in with this is what we're gonna do for my son. Mm-hmm. So you guys either tell me you can or you can't. If you can't, you tell me why. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, those negotiations became less bureaucratic and more focused on the child cool which is what they should have been absolutely yeah student focused all the way but then for the transition plan it does sound like at the end of the day though it came down to you and mom and all of us for like the responsibilities for carrying that out at the end of the day oh very much so when school is done they've they've lost their leverage there isn't anything they can do you're no longer in our environment Mm -hmm. um for Tanner, who finished out, uh, he, he didn't go all the way to the end. 
to the um but the they st- yeah. to the tw- but they still had to hold the slot for him so we still had the plan ready for him should he come back oh, okay even though we knew don well he wasn't because tanner had was done he decided so he tanner was, was dead. very clear he was done yes so um we respected those wishes um but then you after that you know as far as the school system is concerned thank you for playing you've graduated move on right no different than well no different than any other child who's gone through our system so I, I, that doesn't that doesn't bother me any I understand that mm-hmm. it's after they go out and then you're more into the social systems yeah you know some of those had not the innovations waiver popped in we probably would have still been out there trying to figure stuff out for ourselves mm-hmm. yeah so which is really why I'm glad to see uh, like autism grown up pop up because that is a resource out there that we didn't have when the boys started transitioning with their age groups that help people find what they need help steer them um, these type of discussions you know you're not alone uh, reach out a- ask for help uh, self-direct you know those were things that we never would have thought of back in the day so the, the fact that we ha- even have this available is awesome the fact that uh, you know we can help support it is even better yeah. and the fact that you know people like us and the people who listen to this are gonna help it grow is, is fantastic because at some point there's going to be some parent or some child or some transitioning person on the spectrum who's going to need some help and they won't know where to look mm-hmm. and they may just type in what do i do if i'm growing up autistic yeah right so and then hopefully they'll find our website and find the resources they need or at least a place where they can reach out for help mm-hmm. yeah, i'm excited because i saw that we came up on a google search or someone mentioned that a few people now have said I've just tried type things in into Google and we come up on like the first or second page which is perfect yeah which is perfect and that's for that person out there with nothing that that is like a lighthouse yeah right let me get in oh my god I'm not alone mm-hmm. that is huge for a parent so it's because it's a tough thing for a parent at any age I don't care whether they're you know they're first diagnosed or they're 35 it's just it's just tough so it's good for them to know that there's people out there who can help definitely or at least care yeah we definitely care for sure we're and yeah all of us working on this are so invested into yes everything we do um but it also helps with these podcast episodes because we're having more and more conversations like i have not ever heard a conversation like this ever on any resource whatsoever just talking about high school and transition and iep meetings in this particular way like yeah yeah. check that out it's pretty cool yeah i know like i so i hope this helps people who are listening too well we can always do more of them you know where i live i know (laughs) (laughs) you can just uh do like tuesday talks with dad or something talks with dad (laughs) and especially with autism dads too yeah absolutely rare yeah yeah, you know, Dad's dads are a unique or a unique crew like that. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of them, um, you step in. I know a lot of parents in the, on that side of the house that they, they really give it their all, and you really got to respect that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them also feel, you know, I got to do this on my own, but you don't. Right. You do not. You really don't have to. A big thing that I've been trying to build into our framework is that everyone should have a support network. Yeah. some form and develop that into adulthood because that's really what makes things successful for you in the long run is that feeling you've heard and know yes and to talk to someone you know, every family is built by different people and different perspectives and and this is no different than an extended family yeah 
so true yeah that's why i hope people feel about the autism garnet community for sure uh so we've kind of touched on this some way but i want to hear your um thoughts on this so when families start thinking about transition to adulthood preparing for it or navigating that those first few steps whether they are applying for the innovations waiver or the medicaid waiver if you don't live in north carolina um where do you recommend that they start um so always uh, well websites like this are perfectly a good place to start your resources because mm-hmm. there's a lot you don't know and, and a lot of it will depend on state yeah. for us it was very much first understanding what guardianship type if any you need for the child uh, and figure out when that comes into play and the reason being is when they turn 18 the rules change um, if they're self-directing to the point where they don't need it awesome fantastic then you can move on to the next steps mm-hmm. which is you know how to make them a quality life where do they go next if they if they do if they can't make those decisions like our boys then you need to be prepared for that guardianship discussion Start looking at the ones that are available. Uh, what are your state rules and regulations? How does that process look? Because it's not an overnight process. Yep. It takes time. You can't decide at the last minute. Um, and it is very intimidating. Nothing Nothing's more intimidating than watching your child get um, served from a sheriff because basically you're declaring them incompetent. Right. So. And go into the whole legal system yeah. just and, like everybody and as a parent, else. That is a tough one. I mean, you know, you get used to the diagnosis, but when you actually do that and you're starting talking to a judge, yeah, be flat out honest and and brutally harsh. Don't sugarcoat it. You know, this child cannot do this. This child cannot do that. And and once it's all said and done and over with, the guardianship is very very important. The next steps would be: What do you want to do about their health insurance? Mm-hmm. Right, you can't carry them forever. A lot of a lot of service, um, a lot of help will drop in twenty six. Mm-hmm. So you need the things like the Social Security SSI, supplemental social uh, income. Not so much about the money if you don't need it, but although the money does help because it helps support them, but more importantly about the Medicaid, because that even if they don't get the innovations waiver, they do need that. So here's a perfectly good example. Um, Tyler also had testicular cancer. You know, had he not had Medicaid and SSI, it would have been a massive, massive financial burden on his family. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't have any income. My insurance would have only covered him for so much and then dropped him. Um, mm-hmm. So without that Medicaid, which we got because we did the SSI, yeah. um, it would have been a huge financial financial burden on the family. One which I doubt we would have even been able to come out of by now. And that was two and a half years ago. Right. Um, chemo, surgery, uh, all the, the doctors afterwards, very expensive. Very expensive. So um, hopefully your child is completely healthy and you don't need that. But man, we got lucky that we did it. And, and I cannot tell you, it's, a, it's that type of insurance that you definitely got to have. So yeah. guardianship, SSI, just for the for it also helps with the disability determinations later on down the road, but the SSI yeah. definitely makes a difference. And oh, by the way, if you already have it and you get on the innovations waiver, it's much easier and faster. Oh, I didn't know that. Tanner's popped on, or Tyler's popped on immediately because he was already on SSI and uh, Medicaid. Tanner's, we had to get him finally declared through SSI because they didn't line up at the same time. Oh, uh, okay. So they're, yeah. you know, get it done. 
Um, and those are, those are the three big things. And then you can start figuring out, all right, let's start talking about quality of life. What are the next steps? How do I make their lives better? Mm-hmm. What types of daily checklists do I need? What, right. what, what, what benefits can they have? But from a legal, medical, and financial standpoint, you have to do those. Yes. Because remember, even if you're, you're financially independent, it only takes one major incident or medical condition to ruin you. Um, and you have to start thinking about them long term. Mm-hmm. So those are the those are the things I would recommend for people looking to transition. At least those are the big ones for us. Yeah, definitely. Those are the ones that you don't think of every day, but they are the nightmarish ones if they don't work out. And yeah. they're they're the toughest ones because yeah. those are the ones where you got to go in front of people, judges, doctors, whatever, and basically admit again and again and again, my son or daughter can't do this. Yeah. And. That's a really, really difficult thing to do. You, your mom again. had to leave the room when I filled out that paperwork. Yes. Because I had to be brutally honest. Yeah. Can he? No, he can't. Well, you know something? No, no, he can't. You got to right. just be honest. At the end of the day, yeah, are they able yeah. to do this on their own? Yeah, if I wasn't the standing time? there telling them to do it, would they do it? Yeah. No. Well, that's the answer you got to give. Mm-hmm. So, and it is a long, drawn out process. It, it, it is. Nothing fast. Because it's a bureaucracy, all of them are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. that would be my my recommendation if you're starting to think about transitioning. And you know, learning what your state laws are early on is always a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not being afraid to ask question, follow up questions about service agencies oh. and what's yeah. going on out there because people leave their jobs all the time and oh. come back and do different things. Absolutely, and the rules change all the time. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did learn about this is I don't, I don't care how silly or stupid it makes me look. If I don't understand it, I'm asking the question because yeah. there's so much out there and it is so complicated. And yeah. if you make one wrong step, they have no mercy. You can lose a service really quickly if you're not paying attention. Yeah, like, do you want to share about the day you found out we got off the wait list oh my like. god that one i love <laughs> oh it's so, a great one it's a tough one <laughs> so you put them on the list and every year they call you and they go hey you know mr regan we see that tanner and tyler are on the waiting list would you like to keep them on the waiting list yeah yeah sure of course i would so that year after year after year after year they do that i think they're thinking at some point you're going to say nah just forget it so the last time they called me up and said, hey, Mr. Regan, you know, Tanner and Tyler are on the waiver list. Do you want to keep them on there? And I said, well, yeah, of course. Their response was, well, good, because they've, they've been accepted. Why didn't you start with that? What if I'd have said I was weak at the moment and said, no, they don't want to stay on the list? I would have just lost benefits for both of them. I cannot tell you how angry and aggravated that made me. That is bureaucracy at its finest. Right? Mm-hmm. I will start with a question, and if you give me the wrong answer, you could have just walked away from winning the lotto. Yes. Hey, Mr. Regan, you want a winning lotto ticket? No, no. I'm not, I don't know. Maybe somebody else ahead uh, of us could. You, you know, know, we've waited so long. We don't need it anymore. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Back to being the best advocate for yourself, yes. right? You, the, you cannot assume that they are always on, this, on your side. They want to be. Their hearts in the right spot. Absolutely. But they're they're marching to a different drummer. So yeah, that one killed me. God, I love that story. <laughs> That's such a tough one, but so real, so important. I, I went so there. quiet on the phone. I was like, Wait, what? what? Well, then why why did you not start with that? Yeah. Well, because we have to ask you. 
Well, no, you don't. You're calling me to tell me we're on. Anyway. Yeah. That, that was a whole other conversation. I'm pretty sure it didn't end nicely for her. Although I was very polite and professional. <laughs> Why? Sure. Because I still needed that service. You still needed that slot. <laughs> I still needed that slot. And, <laughs> and you really, so you can't blame the person for following the bad rules. Right. But, you know. Still. Just a little bit, baby. Still a little upset. Still a little frustrated. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that prime was, example. That was 10 years. 10 years. And then you, you would have just let me drop it like nothing. That's just wrong. I know. Anywho, Ooh. what's our next one? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. So these are questions I like to ask everybody as we reach towards the end. Uh, what are some things you're excited about and looking forward to in the coming months? Oh, wow. Well, with the launch up of Autism Grown Up as a nonprofit, um, all of the additional uh, products, all of the additional guides, all the additional checklists out there, uh, I'm really excited to, to watch those grow. I'm excited to watch this community grow. Uh, uh, one of my personal goals for 2020 is to get more involved in it as well. You know, so don't be surprised if you guys don't see me commenting out there more. I haven't gotten to it as much as I'd like to, but uh, it's definitely one of my goals for this year. Uh, I'm excited about where we're going with the boys um, and some of the stuff that we're, we're building to help them better communicate, better um live rich fulfilling um fulfilling lives mm -hmm. uh those are those are the things that i'm looking for 2020 is going to be a good year uh yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about where this is going to go i think we we've got it on the right right program moving it into the nonprofit space so that now you can really help families um i think that's awesome we do need to build some donors you know get get some cash flow in there to, to help you mm -hmm. uh and help us continue to um add new services, continue to add new resources, um, maybe get you out there to talk more with, mm -hmm. with um, parents and groups. Uh, we were just up in Asheville talking to them, uh, yeah. a parent group, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, <laughs> the one lady that showed up was amazing. She was um, the best. Now, granted, it's not really, it was Christmas, so was I'm going to give them a kitchen pass. But it was very nice of them to, uh, to invite us up. Uh, I, I was glad that you invited me up so that I could do that. Uh, I hope to do some more of that this year. Mm -hmm. uh, so the 2020 is going to be an exciting year. I think it's going to be a really good year for Autism Grown Up. Mm -hmm. yeah. I agree. I'm very excited about what we have coming down the, the gauntlet. Right, right. And, you know, I, I hope that we can, you know, um, grow our number of donors by a factor of a thousand. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like how you like look at the microphone. <laughs> like, Hello, yes, I'm talking to you. you. There's a button out there. Hit it. Share this with yeah. someone you know. You don't have to do this to yourself, but like, please. Although, yeah, but if you do want to do it to yourself, we're okay with that. Yes. Yeah, every yeah, every little bit helps. These the, you know these these resources, this website, your time, and they're not free. Um, so can, the raising money is going to be a huge one and it'll be a go big goal for me as well to make sure we continue to invest yeah. in making lives better for those people out there who need us. Mm -hmm. Love it. And uh, how can people listening to this episode get in touch with you? Well, the best way to get in touch with me is probably through the Autism Grown Up. I mean, we, we've got yeah. an email address, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they can reach out to you um, or just uh, ask a question and, and post something on the on the page. Yeah. And I'll be happy to reach out to you. You're also in the community, so so people can actually message you in there, too. Which would be perfect. So, yeah, the, um, yeah if, if you guys have a direct question you want to ask me or um, comment or, you know, just chew me out for 
for for dogging on the bureaucracy, feel free. <laughs> I'm more than willing to listen. Uh, I I do come at things with a positive note, so yeah. try and keep that in mind. I don't I don't much have time for haters, so <laughs> if you're just gonna be hating on me, go somewhere else. There's another website, but uh, I, I am here for to help. So if you've got mm-hmm. some positive feedback, some positive ideas. Uh, or you have a question and and I can help you, um, reach out. I, I'm here 24-7, 365. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for being on the podcast, Dad. My pleasure. I love your studio. Um, <laughs> it's really awesome. The acoustics were great. We actually got through the entire podcast without Tanner or Tyler coming in. No interruptions. Although I did hear him at the door, so he was getting close. Yeah. But uh, we must not have had something he wanted. So. No, not right now. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) I want to thank everybody for listening um, and your support. Uh, I I appreciate all that you guys do out there for us and hopefully what we do for you. So, Awesome. Okie dokie. Thanks again to my dad, Roy, for being on the podcast today. And thank you to all of you listening. I hope you all found some value from this episode and that for things that you've learned, feel free to share it. Feel free to join in on the Autism Grown-Up community. We're going to be talking about this particular episode. I'm going to link it in there so you can join us at community.autismgrownup.com. Sign in there. You're already a member, but if you're not already a member, you should sign up. You can go to that same link, community.autismgrownup.com, to sign up there. It's a totally free community for everyone involved in autism growing up in adulthood. And on Thursdays now, I wanted to share this update. We are having a, we have meetups where we get to chat and meet up online, kind of live for a couple hours or so. Post a topic for the week. People jump in, share their thoughts and share their questions and keep the conversation going. And it's live every Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And for those of you who are not able to make it at that time or you live in a totally different part of the world and it's just not applicable for you or timing just doesn't work out for whatever reason, you can jump in at any time after the fact to keep the conversation going. So we will see you in the Autism Grown-Up community and we will talk to you next week.